the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. Gonna have got another great hour of topics and guests for you guys in this hour two. I'm actually super excited to kick off this hour um, in homage to um, uh, one of my personal heroes, as well as Skin's personal heroes. I've got two books on my coffee table. I've got a book about New Orleans, and I've got a book from the Ronald Reagan Library, all about my man, Ronald Reagan. And next to my bed, I got my Bible, and I got a book of that Nancy Reagan published of all of his letters. And so we do love Ronald Reagan here on the show. And of course, um, tonight, I'm super excited to have Melissa Geller with us. She's the chief marketing officer of the Reagan Library, and she's been there for over 20 years. That means that she, 20 years, and she's helped plan and execute multiple presidential debates, as well as the funerals for our beloved President Reagan and Nancy. And she joins me now to talk about the Reagan Library and also an amazing exhibit that's coming up in March called Auschwitz, not long ago, not far away. Hi, Melissa Giller. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What an experience it must be and must have been for 20 years at the Reagan Library. Before we talk about the exhibit that, that's coming in March, that I will be there if I have to crawl over broken glass okay. to get there. Tell everybody a little bit about what it's like to have been working at the Reagan Library for 20 years. I mean, it's truly an honor. You know, I, I, I started back in 2001 about three weeks before we got word that we were getting President Reagan's Air Force One to go on display. And just to watch the library change over the years, to watch the speakers that come through, the exhibits that we're able to, you know, host and and, and show for the community. Um, You know, I've learned so much over the past 20 years as well as just enjoyed having been able to work here. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. It just must be just so exciting to go to work, you know, every day. And I know so many people that uh, that that go there and say that they didn't. It was far greater and more exciting and more memorable than they even imagined it to be. You know, we're so fortunate because obviously we are the library for President Ronald Reagan. So his life, his times. But as I said, you know, we have his actual Air Force One. You get to walk mm. through a full scale replica of the Oval Office an actual piece of the Berlin Wall. And it's the place where both Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan are buried. So it's a full day experience, um, much more than I think people, as you said, but more than people imagine. Yeah. Um, any, any like top, you know, I, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there any like top, you know, two like memorable moments of anything that's happened or any crazy moment or just <laughs> anything that comes to mind you want to share? Well, of course, 
and you sort of mentioned it in the intro, um, working President Reagan's funeral oh. um, was just, I, there are no words to describe it. I had been at the library for four or five years at the time. I've never been fortunate enough to meet the president, although I've been very fortunate to have been with Mrs. Reagan many times. But just to work such an important event, 118,000 people paid their respects in 24 hours. Wow. And no one complained. They were waiting in lines that were 13, 15 hours long, and no one complained. And that I was there to help make that happen for people, um, that I was able to help put President Reagan to rest. Mm. Um, it is something I will never forget. Well, watching it on TV, it was it was absolutely you know, it was heartbreaking, yet heartwarming. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I thought the music was amazing, the speakers, everything. I thought it was one of the most touching, most beautiful funerals. Um, that, and, and I just thought it was absolutely perfectly done, befitting him and who, you know, we all loved him to be. Um, you've got also, in addition to uh, President Reagan, there's also traveling exhibits that come. And you guys have one coming in March. And I think that the timing of it is absolutely so critical given the rise of anti-Semitism happening in the country today. It's called Auschwitz, not long ago, not far away. Tell everybody about this uh, exhibition. Yeah, so this is a traveling exhibition that's been traveling the world since 2018. However, in all of its travels, both prior and post us, we are the only location in the West Coast to house this exhibition. So yes, your listeners are in San Diego, but if they want to see this, we're where they have to come. Mm. It is an extraordinary collection of over 700 artifacts and 400 photographs straight from Auschwitz-Birkenau Memorial uh, Museum itself. Um, It is just, I've seen this exhibition twice now, once in Madrid and once in New York, and there's no words to describe what you're seeing. This exhibition tells the stories of all the millions of people who lost their lives, but it also tells the stories of all the people who did those killings. And it talks about the stories of how those killings happened from, you know, uh, you know, originally how you know, the Nazis went to the people and they shot people in the streets. Mm. And then they figured out, well, if we create a crematorium, we can bring the people to us and we can kill them as they come to us. Mm. And it's just, it's a, it's a horrifying story, but it's so important. You know, you just said it. I feel like hate is more prevalent now than mm-hmm. it's been in a really long time. It just continues to grow and grow and grow. In fact, you know, hate against all races, all colors, all creeds. But I actually just read an article that in New York alone, between 2022 and 2021, um, hate crimes against Jewish people has gone up 400%. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, th- and this exhibition, which isn't just about the Jews, it's about the political prisoners, the gypsies, the Polish, you know, it, the Dutch, it's about everybody. Um, but this is a time to remind ourselves mm-hmm. of what happens when you look the other way and that you can't be silent. No, you can't. And, you know, just as though I don't like people doing on September 11th now, 9-11, hashtag never forget. We've already, you know, this country has already uh, almost completely forgotten the horrors and what right. happened. We have to be reminded. We have to study our history. And we're not teaching what went on in Auschwitz and Birkenau. That's not being taught in our schools, right? Kids exactly. today are being taught this. And it's absolutely, I don't like the tearing down of statues. I don't like, the, I, I want the history of what's gone on around the world. And particularly when it comes to the Holocaust, I want it front and center for people to see. And we need to not be sanitizing what's happened in history. We, as painful as it is to see these images, I mean, I've been to the Simon Wiesenthal in in D.C. and, oh, it just about broke my heart. But it's so important to see what actually happened. Because, and believe it or not, there's still people out there denying that this happened. 
Right. We actually were very fortunate to have brought two survivors out um, to the library in November and let them tell their story to us. And one of them, that's what he said. There are so many deniers out there. It is just crucial to house exhibitions like this to show people it really happened. And one of the things we're actually doing is we are raising funds, um, bringing in donations that are specifically getting turned back to bring school kids in for free. Um, Because it's so, as you said, they're not learning it in school. There are so many people that that are growing up that are in their 20s and 30s and actually don't even know what Auschwitz is and what the Holocaust is. They're not even deniers. They don't know about it. Um, So this is such a crucial exhibition to learn, to remember, to prove, you Mm -hmm. know, know, um, and I really hope that, you know, people make the drive out and come see it because it really is a once in a lifetime exhibition. Because if you can't get yourself to Poland to see Auschwitz itself, you know, and we're even talking to temples who are planning trips to Auschwitz, but they're first going to come out and see the exhibit here to help teach their congregations about mm-hmm. the lessons before they even go to Poland. Um, so they're prepared for what they're going to see. Well, g- give everybody the dates uh, uh, and, and how they can, uh, and, and I'm assuming it's going to be so well attended that people are probably going to have to buy tickets in advance. Tell everybody the details. Yes, thank you. Yes, everywhere this exhibition goes, it sells out. In fact, when it was in Kansas City, it closed with about 6,000 people on the waiting list who never even got to see it. Mm. We really encourage you to buy your tickets now. It opens March 24th, but we're already selling tickets. It's really easy. Just reaganlibrary.com slash Auschwitz, and you can go and buy your tickets. It closes um, August 14th of 2023, so it's open about five and a half months. And um, it's a it's a two hour experience, so you really need to sort of plan out your day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it but it is but it is worth it, and we really recommend that people buy tickets. Our opening weekend's already sold out. Wow. Well, I can't wait to see it as as much as it. Like I said, as painful as it is to see this, it's it's these the it, it's absolutely a must. I mean, especially when you hear the word Nazi being everybody's you they throw the word Nazi around and Hitler around so much, and it's so disrespectful when you know for, when particularly when people using those terms and and those labels don't even don't even have a clue as to what really happened. And this is an opportunity, right. right? And this is an opportunity if you're a parent out there, um, don't don't count on the schools teaching this to your children. Get a group. If you're a church out there, um, you know, a temple, just a group of people, you know, plan a family outing, you know, to, to go up there and to see this. I think it's an absolute must for everybody. And I'm glad you pointed out that, hey, if you're interested in seeing this only only place in the West Coast, and that also means it's going to be sold out quickly. Five months may sound like a long time for but it to be not. there, but <laughs> it's really it's really not. Tell everybody again one more time how they can get tickets. Yes. Thank you so much. Reaganlibrary.com slash Auschwitz, and we really encourage you to buy your tickets today. Well, thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Thank you for having me. All right. Now, you guys stay tuned. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this NHL story. I don't watch the hockey league. I don't know nothing about it, but I'm kind of liking the sound of this Russian player and what he's all about. We're going to talk about it on the other side of the break. AK, dynamite in a dress. Or just Andrea Kay. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. I was so cold this afternoon trying to take Gator for a walk. I had on my Sherpa-lined hoodie from uh, Iron Mountain Outfitters, and I had a puffer jacket on, and I thought I was going to die. It was so cold. It's like 50, 50 degrees here in San Diego. I needed to warm up. 
If it's going to be this cold, I might as well go up to (laughs) to Big Bear (laughs) and go skiing. Um, And you know what? We do have cold weather here in in San Diego. A lot of people don't don't realize that. They think it's always 80 degrees here. They also don't realize that two hours away from us, we've got amazing ski resorts. Mountain High is literally two and a half hours from my door. So we we have a lot of great... We're not just about a beach town. We've got a lot of great opportunities to go and enjoy the snow, even up in Julian. So uh, we've got... We still have winter ahead of us here in Southern California. And if you're like me and you like some cozy, cute, phenomenal, great warm, warm weather or cold weather wear, you got to go see my peeps at Iron Mountain Outfitters. Go see my girl PJ. Say hi to Dapper Dan. Go through the, she will help you um, locate the best wear, outerwear for everybody in your family from flannels to shackets to great jackets and, and like super warm jackets that you can wear. Uh, or just super stylish jackets to and, and coats to keep you warm. And let me tell you, they are the best quality out there at the most reasonable prices. I'm not somebody who shops online anyway. I like to shop brick and mortar. I like a place like Iron Mountain Outfitters where I can go in and I can say, hey, PJ, here's who I'm shopping for. Here's their style. Here's the colors they like and have her help me find stuff. But let me tell you, even if you're an online shopper, you're not going to find this kind of quality at these prices anywhere online. Don't be fooled. A lot of people are mistaken when they think that they get good deals online. The best deals for the best high quality warm wear is at Iron Mountain Outfitters at 8493 La Mesa Boulevard. You'll see the standing bear on the outside, and you tell them that AK sent you in there. Oh, and they also have all kinds of accessories, too. Like, so if you are going to take a little trip up to Big Bear for the weekend, they've got great, like, luggage, super high-quality luggage, and all kinds of accessories for that as well. So go see my peeps. Hey, before you move on, uh, you mentioned during the break about the uh, potential lawsuit uh, at Disneyland. Yeah, the Jungle Cruise, This is pretty serious. Oh, right. uh, family has uh, sued Disney uh, because apparently there was a Disneyland employee that was laughing at a 66-year-old disabled woman as she was exiting the ride before she fell, <gasps> and later on that day, she died. No. Yeah. Oh, this is a big deal. Wow. Um... Boy, has Disney changed. You know, there was a time when the workers there were so well-trained. They were all characters, even on the jungle, even the people that were getting you in and out of the boats on the Jungle Cruise ride, even the people that were managing the lines going off and on on the rides, all were like in character and all treated guests respectfully. Um, You know, and with the disabled, they're very kind to the disabled people with with mm -hmm. the rides and assisting them. At least they have been over the years. I just read further down in the story, and apparently when she was exiting the ride the family had to help her off the boat the employees would not help her off the boat instead instead they sat there and laughed wow that is absolutely unbelievable does the story say what kind of disability she had because i'm wondering i mean no she just that she was in a wheelchair she was in a wheelchair and they wouldn't help. Look, here's the situation. If there's a liability that Disney doesn't want to assume for somebody's physical being, if they've, if they're in a wheelchair, then what they need to do is be respectful and say, look, due to medical, due to liability, and legal concerns were unable to help her on and off. So at that point, you either don't let her go ahead and get on the ride. 
Because getting on and off those boats is not that easy. Uh, I can't imagine doing that on a wheelchair. I'm trying to remember over the years, and and I believe, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Andrea, but I have seen the Disney employees help the patrons out of the wheelchair onto the ride because they know the rides probably better than anybody. Well, I've never seen anybody, uh, and I've ridden the Jungle Cruise buku times in my life since I was a kid. Oh, 41 at the coast. No wonder I was freezing today. Um, I've never seen anybody on that ride on a wheelchair. So if... if they have They have a special boat that they actually put them up at a, in a secure location. I have seen it. Okay, well... Um, I was just going to say, even if there was a, a justifiable reason for not helping her because of some kind of liability, then that needed to be explained and done so respectfully, not them laughing. So um, I don't I don't know if the story if, it, you know, of course, the lawsuit's going to have to connect the dots between the death and their and their actions. Um, because it could be a situation where the person, uh, we, you know, they, they've, they've got to, they've got some stuff to prove beyond just rudeness and disrespect here. Um, but that's absolutely terrible. And, and how much did this family pay to spend that day at Disneyland? Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, it's like, you know, a thousand dollars a ticket now. I mean, it's so expensive for families that it's a wonder any of them even go. At this point, it's it's that crazy expensive. And it looks like the family has sued Disneyland uh, back earlier last year for wrongful death and violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Yeah, so I would imagine that there would be um, ramps and different things to make it uh, to make rides compatible. They do have that, yes. Because otherwise, then people would have to to sign a waiver that they're not able to. Yeah, you can I'm come in sure in a wheelchair. All the but you rides can't. are compliant, but I know right. the ones that are. It's very it, it's very easily seen that 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 they are compliant. Right, and then there would also have to be a situation too, to where I would imagine that. You know, it might take so long to get somebody on and off a ride that it would be unfair to passengers to have to wait. Like, let's say getting somebody from a wheelchair on and off Space Mountain might take so long that it, they would have to say, that's not a ride that we're going to be able to, you know, have you ride. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not so, sure if it's every ride, yeah. but I don't think so. So I would imagine that it would be some rides they'd be able to make it compatible and others not. Um, but yeah, I, wrongful death is a hard thing to prove. They have, they're going to have to prove that the injury she sustained was at the result of the, the, you know, the workers sure. fault. And, uh, but just how terrible it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. It's like not you anywhere. Said, it is a far cry from the, the park that you, no, no matter how this case turns out from the company, the park that it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you been following this NHL story? No, just uh, we're having a guest on tomorrow to talk about it. I what we're going to report right now, but it you know I'm this is more players need to do what this guy is doing. This has become a huge story, evidently. Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah, there's a Russian player. I guess I guess somebody from Russia plays on an American team. I'm not re- really sure what happened here. There was a uh, the. The National Hockey League, I guess, was trying to require players to all wear um, some kind of diversity jersey or whatever, and only one player refused to do it, and he was Russian. I, I don't usually play clips of Tucker, but let's start by listening to him explain the situation here. Clip five. Tucker, it's so crystal clear Black Lives Matter is part of the LGBT movement. It's part of a Marxist movement. And so we've had athletes in football, basketball, baseball, everywhere. 
they're all disavowing their religious convictions and taking on the convictions of corporate America and global corporations. They're slaves to the dollar. They worship the dollar. They worship popularity and being influencers. We don't have religious convictions. We don't have men bold enough to stand on their religious convictions other than, I guess, a Russian guy. It's embarrassing for us as Americans. Right. So the only guy who refused to wear whatever diversity, LBGTQ propaganda wear, the only one who refused was a guy from Russia. Think about that. Oh, have the tables have turned, right? Forget your First Amendment rights, your Second Amendment rights, for any, forget any rights. It's about collectivism now in the United States of America. And if you're not willing to be part of the collective that not only tolerates the LBGTQIA. Now you got to participate in it. Now we're collective participants or you're called names. And the one guy who stood up against it was Russian. And you know what? Probably one of the reasons why he refused to do it is I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he I don't know if if he had family that suffered under the weight of Stalin and Lenin and the USSR. But he's probably thinking, you know what? This is just a little too too of what my peeps and my ancestors had to suffer under being forced to do something that, that went against their personal beliefs and their convictions. And oh, by the way, what was going on in USSR? You weren't allowed to you weren't allowed to have a religious belief and that's a part of what this is. We've gone from tolerance to validation to now forced participation and he and and that uh, Jason Whitlock is right. Shame on any American athlete who's willing to uh, to toss aside his religious beliefs for a paycheck or for celebrity status, although I don't really know that NHL players, it's not like it's like, you know, NBA or NFL, but still, right? I mean, I get that would be a hard thing to do, right? Um, uh, to, 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 but I, I don't think it's at the point to where any the sacrifice on any of these players would have been you give up your, your league and you give up your lifetime pursuit. This dude didn't get fired, did he? The Russian player who refused to do this, he wasn't, he wasn't forced off the team. No. How about you guys? I thought hockey players are supposed to be tough. To me, they're all looking like a bunch of wimps. Now, the an NHL network guy, here's what he had to say about the, the Russian player. who oh, It was a pride jersey they wanted him to wear. A pride jersey. Try, uh, uh, clip two. And Ivan Provorov can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable, take less money. And get on with his life that way. If it's that problematic for him. And he's been in North America for a long time. He played in the Western Hockey League. He's now been in Philadelphia for many years. If this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, that's okay. Listen, you can feel any way you want. But the beauty is, if it bothers you that much, there's always a chance to leave. Go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there. Maybe get involved. So, I... I Can you imagine somebody telling an African-American ball player, you don't like something in this country, go back to where you came from? You're not allowed to suggest that. Nobody's allowed to suggest that to Ilhan Omar. That's racist, right? To tell her, go back where you came from, lady. I'll say it. Because she was brought here 
It's part of a, of a refugee program. And talk about assimilation. When had you know she has not done anything to assimilate into this country? Most refugees, as part of that program, haven't. Oh, he's supposed to assimilate into his teammates, i.e., join the collective. So now, and now, it, the it, and the it, what's pro American now is that you're not allowed to have any individuality, no individual beliefs, no individual thoughts, no individual freedom. It's not the player that should go back to Russia. It's this NHL analyst who should move to to, to North Korea or Cuba or somewhere. They're trying to communism. You like collectivism that much? Go try that. Yeah, but but you know it's all been tried. There's nothing new here. There's nothing progressive about wokeism or Democrats. It's all been tried. It's called and it never communism, works. and it's never worked. It's been a failed system everywhere it's ever been tried. And it's failing here. We're 30-something trillion dollars in debt. We have long, it's been a long time since we were really, truly the land of the free with free markets and individual liberty and individual freedom. It's been a long time since we really had that. We've been on the road to Marksville a really long time. Uh, We're going to take a break. But do come back. we got more to talk about on the other side. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Sam wants to weigh in on this NHL story. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Hey, Andrea K. Great talking, uh, talking to you. So what I heard his objections were to wearing the fries, uh jersey was based on religious beliefs. He's part of the Russian Orthodox Church, and he stated that his Religious beliefs prevented him from, you know, from consciously wearing that jersey. And then I also heard that his coach made a statement supporting him, you know, saying that you know he's true, being true to himself, and that's not unusual for for him for him and his personality, this player. So props to the coach and props to him for standing up, you know, based on his faith uh, to not wear something that's contrary to what he uh, what he what he believes in. Absolutely. To me, that's the most American thing you can do is, you know, stand true to your faith. The the First Amendment says that we have the right to freely express our religious beliefs anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Right. I mean, that's the First Amendment to the Constitution is specifically enumerated in the Constitution is your religious beliefs. It is there's nothing enumerated in the Constitution that has anything to do with who you choose to have sex with or whether or not you choose to live your life as a man, if you're a woman or any of that other stuff. Those beliefs are not protected under the Constitution. Your religious beliefs are. And that's being trampled in this country. And we don't have enough people of courage willing to stand up for that and um and and so i had and and it took a russian to do it right sam and also hat tip to the coach for that and shame on those that are trying to shame him here's an interesting twist sam i wonder what it would be if that had been a muslim player i was just thinking the same thing what have been what if it'd been a muslim player who was objecting because of their religion uh would there have been the uproar you know, in the media and other people in the NHL mm-hmm. uh, saying something about it. I, know, th- I think I think not because 
Yeah, because what's buried um, as they continue, every time we would have a terrorist attack, the you know, the first people that would be at the microphone would be CARE, Council for American Islamic Relations, warning against Islamophobia, right? Um, you know, the left loves to celebrate, you know, the cover of Sports Illustrated, a woman in, in a hijab, right? Um, and they want to completely whitewash the fact that the Islamic faith considers homosexuality a sin. And in countries like Saudi Arabia, they throw you off a roof. It's a death penalty. All right. All Absolutely. Right. Well, Sam, thank. Anything else you wanted to say quickly before we go? No, that was the only thing. Because I heard the story yesterday, and I heard the uh, audio clip from the coach um, making a statement supporting him and saying he's just being true to himself and his and his beliefs. And so I thought that should be outlined that he's not completely alone in what he stands for, and that he is getting some support from at least from his team's organization. Uh, on his stance, uh, at least from the coach. Well, I appreciate that. Have you heard whether or not the other players are supporting him? What have you heard on that? I haven't heard anything about any comments from the other players. I, I would imagine they're probably just remaining, remaining silent because that's probably what the organization, the organization is having them do. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, All right. Well, Sam, thank you for calling in. I appreciate that. Thank you. Have a great night. You too, hon. Um... I, 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 you know, I'm at a loss for trying to find a segue to the skin. So help me out. Um, going back to, to, uh, I wanted to play this clip and I haven't been able to find a segue into it. <laughs> Here's how crazy they are over in the World Economic Forum as they plan our futures. Um, they're continuing to tell you why you need to stop eating meat and eat bugs, I guess. Here is a speaker in Davos saying, um, why, uh, we all just need to give up meat. Clip seven. My daughter, 24, inspired me and said, Dad, how can you advocate for these zero-carbon value chains if you still eat meat? And so I stopped eating meat. Now the math would say, well, you need to stop eating meat 11 years to compensate for a flight to Thailand. Yes. But if a billion people stop eating meat, I tell you, it has a big impact. Okay. (laughs) First of all, he sounds, you could tell he doesn't eat meat because he's got no energy. Okay. That's, uh, you know, you sit around eating, you know, dandelions all day long and you're not going to, you're going to be zapped. You're not going to have any energy, right? Second of all, I always have a problem. Anytime I hear some adult basically saying, my kid came to me and convinced me to do X, Y, Z. I don't care if you're 70 and your kid is 50, that's still your kid. And you're, and, and I, I can't imagine, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you have so little principles, integrity, character, and, and an ingrained belief system that you can be thinking something one day and then you let your kid come to you and completely convince you of something like not eating meat, something like climate change. I just don't even understand that. And I'm not saying parents need to speak to their adult children like they're idiots, but I I can't imagine going through life, uh, you know, I guess I guess because my beliefs, my ideology, my principles were so ingrained in me at such an early age that I can't be shaken. I no kid. No. And certainly not by my kid. Okay, I would never let my kid come to me and tell me, you know, uh, you know, I just don't think you should eat meat anymore. Oh, okay, let me give up meat. No, I, I don't work that way. Okay. 
But this is this is how we end up having people, you know, putting masks on their face and going along with lockdowns, right? Because they're easily susceptible. They're easily convinced. They don't have core principles to rely on. And he's saying if he's doing the math and saying if he doesn't eat meat for 11 years, he can compensate for a flight to Thailand. How many years of not eating meat would it have taken to cover all the private jets going to Davos for this World Economic Forum? That's my question. But you want to give up meat because you think that that's somehow going to compensate for your air travel? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. The insanity of people actually believing in the climate change hoax, by the way. I mean, you know, there. how many years? New York, Manhattan is supposed to be underwater by now. Florida is supposed to be underwater by now. We're not supposed to have an ice cap anywhere. We're not supposed to have a glacier anywhere. In fact, there was a glacier monument up in, was it Wyoming or North Dakota somewhere, where they had to remove all of the references to climate change because all the predictions had come and gone and none of them came true. So now they got to amp it up and continue to hype it with more and more nonsense, like Al Gore talking about how the oceans are boiling. If they're boiling, hand me some cocktail sauce. But make sure you put some horseradish in it because I like mine spicy. We're going to take a break. Final segment of the Andrea K. Show on its way. Andrea K., the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Want to read a couple emails I've gotten here. Um, Mo says, someone tell me what this administration is still doing here on Earth. Good question. She says, Haley for president, please. Yeah, Nikki Haley, never Nikki Haley. That ain't even going to happen. Talk about them trying to just return us to a blatant uniparty establishment. You know, Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, wing of the party. Never Nikki Haley. It ain't going to happen. She goes on to say uh, karma for that despicable Baldwin dude. Mm, Well, you know, I don't know if I necessarily believe in some of the new age concepts of karma, but I basically think if you go around treating people like crap in your life and you don't, you know, take measures and you don't, you know, don't care enough about your fellow human beings, um, you're going to end up finding yourself in a pile of doo-doo at some point. Um, Then she also goes to say, please tell us your thoughts on the sculpture of the faithful to his wife, Luther King. Uh, Yeah, that sculpture... I get what they were trying to do with the sculpture. There had been an embrace that they had when he won, I believe, the Nobel Peace Prize. And I think if that's what they were trying to honor, I think they should have just included the bust in terms of the head of Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife, uh, Coretta Scott King, instead of just the weird arms with this like half of a bald head. I mean, I just I just think it was, um, you know, I, I, I. I th- and supposedly Boston, I guess they were given some of the residents there, the citizens were given a choice. I don't know why they would choose that. I think sometimes, you know, pushing the boundaries of art is one thing. But I think, um, you know, trying to be provocative, there's a time and a place for trying to be provocative. And I just didn't think that was it. Uh, you know, we have uh, several art stories this this week that Jamie Lee Curtis thing was pretty detestable, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um 
Diane says, hey, Andrea. Oh, hi. I found your friend PJ at Iron Mountain Outfitters. Great store. I found a really cute Carhartt cotton long sleeve button down blouse. Casual, but I can definitely see dressing it up with some black jeans. Thanks for the advice. It's three doors down from my mother's house, and I've never even been there. Take care. So absolutely wonderful. Thanks so much for that. Um, Final story of the night. Uh, Definitely go see PJ. Find some cute, warm comfy, amazing, American-made clothes for you and your loved ones. So guess who else was at the World Economic Forum? Christopher Ray. <sighs> Just in case you really weren't quite sure how the FBI was completely politicized and not on uh, the, and, and, and not, no longer serving the purpose of law enforcement, but actually serving the purpose of ushering communism in and globalism in the new world order. So Christopher Ray was over there talking about how the future of national security is a partnership between tech companies and the government. He actually touted the FBI and all the great work they did in working with social media companies in order to suppress and censor Americans. That's where we're at. He admitted what they did, you know, and and apparently, you know, our government is okay with it because including Republicans, because that was part of the $1.7 trillion uh, omnibus bill that was signed was actually to give them even more money. Have, have we heard any talk about it? Has the, We've now got a Republican-controlled House. I mean, I know Jim Jordan is go, going to be heading up a select committee, but how long is that going to take till we get any answers on anything? In the meantime, they should be saying, we're not funding it. We're not funding the FBI. We got people here in San Diego County getting fired because they didn't get the shot, and yet we, we can't fire FBI agents who were supr- violating, trampling civil rights. All the way to the top, we've got the head of the FBI, Christopher Ray. Not only still has his job, not only nobody been fired for the fact they've been violating people's civil rights across this country en masse, controlling the outcome of elections by suppressing key, key critical information the American voter needs, but actually touting it as the way of the future. That's what we got going on in the United States. That should frighten Everybody in this country, that should send a chill up the, the, the back of the necks of every American. And he, however, and, and, and I don't want to hear, well, he's a Republican. What does that mean to me? So is Mitt Romney. So is Liz Cheney, right? He was Trump's nominee. I think it was Chris Christie who recommended him. Going forward... The head of the FBI can't be somebody that's been roaming around in the swamp for the past 30 years. You know, you're going to you, you know, you're going to nominate somebody for the top position who's who's been a swamp dweller. What what was how did what did that achieve? Nothing. This dude participated in and oversaw coup attempts against the president of the United States and actually worked to cover it up. That's what Christopher Ray did. And there he is over in Davos, paid for by the taxpayers. And when he was brought, and, and when it comes to these committees, they, all these theatrics, they brought him before a committee and asked him questions. And he was like, look, I got to catch a plane to go on vacation. Literally said that after he was being questioned. Look, we're never going to save this country if we don't start getting some accountability for those in our own government committing crimes. Look, I don't have a problem with the Chrisleys going to the pokey because they were committing fraud, committing crimes against the U.S. government. I don't have a problem with that. 
But I do have a problem with that when they're going off and leaving their kids, right? Got a 10-year-old at home. When we have our own government officials committing crime after crime after crime. Right now, the sitting president of the United States has already been busted this week alone in money laundering. Hunter Biden, $49,100 for rent for a house that matched a deposit amount to rent an apartment for a Chinese communist country. I mean, it's just, you know, not to mention the crimes that he committed uh, with the Espionage Act. Classified information involving Ukraine and Russia sitting in his garage. At no point did the vice president ever have the right to declassify anything. He should already, he should already be forced out. Is that not worse than what Nixon did? Far worse than what Nixon did. We don't even have impeachment papers. Republicans doing nothing. All right, tomorrow's Friday fun day. What are we doing on tomorrow's night show? You have somebody coming on to talk about the NHL story tomorrow night. Do you remember who that is? Do we have a name? We don't. We, we, we fly by one day at a time, man. One, one minute at a, at a time. <laughs> We've got Bob Walters, of course, who's going to be here with his education segment. And whatever the hot topics of the day are, of course, we want to hear from you. 888-344-1170 is our live call-in number. But don't forget, we've got a 24-hour hotline number for you. It's 844-814-5227. That's the number you can call in 24 hours a day. Topic ideas, suggestions, anything you want to say. 844-814-5227. Follow me on all the socials. If you're watching on uh, the Facebook live stream, please share that with other people. You can always email me at andreakshow.com. I'm hoping that I'm going to get an email from, I believe it was Roger who called in about the, 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 that's a good step. Yeah. Because we need the names of all those on that, uh, that uh, San Diego college. Um, I can't remember the name of the group, but he's going to email me community college district for firing people because they haven't gotten the shot. So I want those names and we need to start getting on the phone. We need to start getting active. Like you said, hold them accountable. We got to start holding people accountable. I didn't mean to sound so rough on Trump earlier about the shots, but you know, oh, it's the tough love we've been talking about. It's something he doesn't need to do. Yeah, it's just you know when I had heard last week an interview with him where he wasn't talking about the shots and he was talking about other things he did. I thought, great, that's the way to go into twenty twenty four. It's a lose for him to keep pushing the shots. All right, love you all. We'll be back tomorrow night, six p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.